if there's one group of people who know what criminals think, it's often the people who work closely to guard them when they've been convicted of their crimes. They see those moments when these people are at their most vulnerable and also their most vicious. These are those jail guards, those prison uh, correction officers who have to deal with lawlessness and criminality that these groups have come out with. They recently endorsed Lee Zelda. They had a press conference here in New York City and they discussed about it. If there's one group that knows how bad the situation of crime is, it is those who have to deal with the criminals on a daily basis and convicted felons. And know that sometimes when there's no other place to put them or deal with it than to lock them up for the rest of their lives in order to keep them safe, themselves rather safe from what they do, not just to themselves but to others. I'm not going to Let's go to those press conferences. My name is Benny Basio, and I am the president of the Correction Officers Benevolent Association. Which is New York City's second largest law enforcement union and the most diverse uniform force in the city. I am joined here today by members of the COVE Executive Board, delegates, and some of our active and retired members. We are here today because our great state, the state of New York, is engulfed in an unprecedented crisis fueled by chaos, disorder, and lawlessness. We are also here today because our elected leaders in Albany have enacted legislation and policies that endanger our families, our communities, and our essential first responders that are comprised of my members. Correction officers, like most New Yorkers, are sick and tired of living in constant fear of being victimized by violent criminals in their communities and in their workplace. We are also sick and tired of being scapegoated for all the failed policies of the previous mayor and the three former correction commissioners. Thanks to their negligence, our members are faced to go to work every day not knowing if they will return home the same way they left. Our female officers go to work not knowing if they will be sexually assaulted by inmates held on charges of rape. And thanks to our city council, which refused to fund the hiring of 600 more officers, our members are forced to work grueling 24-hour shifts with no meals or rest. And yet, we are asked to perform perfectly under the most challenging circumstances that most New Yorkers would never sign up for. On behalf of our 16,000 active and retired officers, I'm here to say that enough is enough. We need a governor. We need a governor who will finally de declare war on crime. Support the men and women who keep our jails and our streets safe. 
and invest in our essential first responders. We need a leader who isn't afraid to stand up for public safety. We need a leader who will fight to end bail reform, repeal HALT, and give us the tools we need to keep everyone in our jail safe. It's time to elect a leader who will save our state and end the crisis in our jails. For all of these reasons, the Correction Officers Benevolent Association is proud to endorse Lee Zeldin, Lee Zeldin for governor. At this time, I would like to bring to the podium our next governor, Lee Zeldin. You're 16 years old, 18, 20 years old. You're trying to think about what you can do in life, what your New York dream is. You've defined success through service. You believe that through your occupation, you're going to find a way to give back, find a way to serve your community. You're willing to put your neck on the line, day in and day out, not just to keep people safe around you and your family and friends, but you're willing to sign up for the toughest of assignments. It's your dream to be a correction officer. You go through training. You have a family now. Maybe you're able to buy a home. You're struggling with many of the same challenges that so many other New Yorkers feel in life today. The struggles to be able to afford to survive the desire to have a government that you can be proud of. You now kiss your spouse goodbye. You kiss your son and daughter goodbye. This New York dream that you have had, which has given you the honor to be able to serve as a correction officer, results in you putting yourself out there to even more danger each day than the danger you were exposed to the last. Now once, when you first signed up to be a correction officer, elected officials may have had your back. They realized that you were on the right side of the law, that you lived a life of value and service, and because you're willing to expose yourself to that increased danger, obviously you would know that all elected officials would and should have your back. But times have changed. You could be going through a shift today while we are here where you might get assaulted, whether it's physical with hands, maybe there's a weapon being used, maybe you're being sexually abused. Maybe you are being ejaculated on or someone's grabbing 
a part of your body that is sexual assault, plain and simple. Now we can say, all right, well, we need to be politically correct. You can't talk about these things. But this is reality for the people who actually work at Rikers Island right now and elsewhere. So no, we're not going to leave any topic off limits because this is what they are exposed to day in and day out and there are elected officials now who are targeting them as opposed to having their backs. Every elected official at every level should be doing everything in their power to make sure that these corrections officers have every tool with the law or financial support or whatever else is needed to be able to do their jobs, to be able to maintain good order and discipline. But instead, whether it's at the New York City level, at the city council, it's at the state level, with the governor and state legislature, they feel like they haven't gone enough to put the screws to the corrections officers rather than trying to do more to make their life easier. They are doing this not for themselves, they're doing it for all of us. Since the April 1st implementation of the HALT Act in Albany, assaults on correctional officers, other prison staff, and even inmates have increased. Do you know that some of the sexual assaults that we're speaking of, and many others, are misdemeanors? Now there's a bill right now in the state legislature to turn it into a felony. That bill must be passed. It should be passed today. And I would enthusiastically sign it at my first opportunity. These are felonies. The HALT Act is limiting the use of what is referred to as solitary confinement. Solitary confinement today is not what you are used to in the movies and TV shows of the past. Solitary confinement is not some situation where you're lying down on concrete naked and not being fed food in intolerable conditions. It is nothing like that. And when you limit the use of solitary confinement, it makes it harder for these men and women to be able to do their jobs. The HALT Act should not have been passed in the first place, and I am calling for its repeal. Its full repeal. The HALT Act must be repealed. There is a crime emergency right now in New York State. This governor is unwilling to call it for what it is. Many of her allies, unwilling to call it for exactly what it is. And instead, the public is being lectured that they should just look away. Instead, the public is being told that they shouldn't even believe what they're seeing with their own eyes. With the videos, and the pictures, and the news reports, day in and day out. They don't want to be told by elected officials to just look away. They want to be told from elected officials what they are going to do to solve it completely. We want boldness. We want courage. And that means that on day one, 
we will declare a crime emergency in the state of New York. And on top of suspending other laws that are pro-criminal, we are going to suspend the HALT Act January 1st here in the state of New York. I'm honored to accept the endorsement of a union made up of selfless, dedicated New Yorkers and patriots. They deserve total support, unapologetic help, unapologetic love from people in government. They deserve it at every level, and it especially starts at the top. There will be no doubt from the moment the next governor gets sworn in on January 1st, 2023, the New York City correction officers know that they again have a loyal, proud friend to have their back and to give them all the tools they need to go back to their home safely at night. So I thank, I thank Benny, I thank your board, I thank your members for everyone who's here, and I encourage all the members of the media, when you take in the look on the face of the men and women who are here, you're all smart people. You could read their body language. They are desperate for people to have their backs, and they are not here on behalf of themselves. They are here on behalf of thousands of others who are demanding leadership, which can't happen soon enough. Thank you again, Benny. Thank you to the board. Let's go out and win 15 days. Happy to answer any questions. A thousand percent. The question was, do you see something distinct about what's happening in New York? Yes, the, the numbers are out there starting on the April 1st implementation of the HALT Act. The people who are in these facilities are well aware of what the HALT Act did. And it is no coincidence that starting on April 1st, assaults on correctional officers, on other prison staff, and even inmates instantly started to skyrocket. Now we could talk about a captain here at Rikers Island who gets stabbed in the neck. You can look at Elmira, where they had six people who were assaulted in one week. You could go to another correctional facility in New York where they had 10 who were all assaulted in one attack. I heard it coming from somebody up in the North Country, how they had multiple assaults. They said in the first 21 days, of the implementation of the HALT Act, they had 28 assaults where people were put out of work. I'm getting this feedback from all across the entire state. Where's Kathy Hochul? I mean, it should be intolerable. The first reports came back within days. You didn't have to wait for the first month's report. And what your responsibility is, as the governor of the state of New York, and by the way, there's. There's no free pass for any elected official at any level. 
Everybody should have been sounding the alarm. You're hearing it from your constituents. You're reading it in the media reports. What are you going to do about it? The legislature was in session until the beginning of June. It was never too late for them to take action, but instead, they, they were just hoping that y'all were going to ignore it. They were hoping that we were all just going to forget about it. They thought that we were just going to tolerate it. So for members of the media here asking a great question about what have you seen in New York, look at the data starting the very first moment of the very first day the HALT Act went into effect, April 1st, 2022. Yes. Well, no coincidence that just two and a half weeks before an election and the day after the first poll comes out that shows that she's now starting to trail, she says, we need to have a press conference on crime. Well, I've been talking about this since she was the lieutenant governor. When she was out there praising cashless bail's implementation, when she was out there signing less is more, and releasing 191 people from Rikers Island when she did the bill signing. And a whole bunch of the people who were released from Rikers Island when she did that bill signing immediately went out and got rearrested in the days and weeks that followed. Time and again, one new pro-criminal law after the next. Where was Kathy Hochul? Now, she waits until the day after this poll comes out, two and a half weeks before the election. She ends up saying that we need to have more cops on the subway. Okay, first off, we've been talking about this for, the long for a long time, but you wanna take it one step further? You have a real issue in the NYPD of people who are leaving the force. So what you have to do is actually hire more NYPD, just like how you have to hire more correction officers. It has been years since there has been a class here locally you need to be robustly replenishing the ranks. People retire. They leave this job. You need to bring in new talent. The same thing goes for the NYPD. They're being stretched thin. Kathy Hochul wants to have forced overtime. She wants to take people off of one beat where they're needed because the crime isn't just underground, it's also above ground. What Kathy Hochul should be saying is that what we need to do it's to increase the ranks of the NYPD. We need to have more people in uniform, and we need more plain-clothed people on the streets and subways as well. But instead, she wants to half-ass it. And she's talking about how we have emotionally disturbed persons on the street and in the subway. Absolutely. She says that, she says that we know all of the people. Okay, so she claims she knows all of the emotionally disturbed persons. Now let's just give her the benefit of the doubt on it. She says that she wants to take these people off of the streets and put them in beds. Something that I've been talking about for a while. So she says this on Saturday. And her proposal, you want to take a guess how many beds she was talking about? She knows of all of, she knows of all the emotionally disturbed persons in the city of New York. 50 beds. Wow. Not 500, not 5,000, 50 beds. So once again, it's a day late, a dollar short. That's her plan. If you're coming up for a new name for her plan from this weekend, you could call it the day late, dollar short plan.
You need far more beds. You need far more NYPD officers. You need far more corrections officers. And the people who are committing the crimes, we have to get rid of catch and release. Where was that with her press conference? Why was she wasn't she talking about giving judges discretion to weigh dangerousness? Why wasn't she talking about amending raise the age or repealing less is more or repealing the HALT Act or rolling back some of the discovery law changes? Why wasn't she talking about DAs who refuse to enforce the law? You want to talk about fair jumping? But meanwhile, you're going to say nothing about a district attorney who starting on day one said that he is not going to enforce fair jumping. Why a brag? So you need to ensure that all of these other items that she doesn't want to touch with a, with a galaxy long pole are actually dealt with. She won't do it, I will, starting on day one, the moment after I'm sworn in. Yeah, party, party. I'll get you next, Deb. Well, as far as what questions I'll ask, you'll have to tune in tomorrow. Uh, as you know, Marsha Kramer, uh, one of the debate requests that we received of many was to do a CBS2 debate hosted by, moderated by Marsha Kramer. And that wasn't the only debate request that we received. I would do a debate, we could do a debate on ABC. I was talking to Bill Ritter last week. He wanted to moderate one. Sure, more the merrier. You know, I know I was meeting with someone from NBC uh, last week at the house. They wanted to host one. Fox 5, PIX11 wanted to host one. I believe that we should have been doing them all across the entire state, but what she wanted to do was wait until the very end of October for one debate on cable. Right. Over a month after the start of absentee voting. People have been voting for a month now. This should have started already and we should be doing it all around the state. As far as what questions uh, I'll ask tomorrow night, uh, you, you'll have to tune in to, uh, to Spectrum. What's your game I'm, I'm sticking to what got me in the race, why I'm running for governor, why we're getting support from all across the state, Republicans, Democrats, and independents. Right now, New Yorkers are hitting a breaking point. We lead the entire nation in population loss. Kathy Hochul won't finish the sentence of New York leads the entire nation in population loss because you can't expect this state to get turned around if you have a governor who doesn't even know how to finish the sentence of why the state leads the whole country in population loss. We are going to talk about that. The rising crime, the skyrocketing costs, the attacks on freedom, the attacks on education. This is about New Yorkers. This isn't about Lee Zeldin and Kathy Hochul. This is about the governor of the state of New York, the future of New York State. This is about all of us together as New Yorkers saving the state and restoring it to glory. It's what got me in this race. It what has me standing here today. It was what, what has the polls closing the way that they are. It's the reason why we're going to win this race on November 8th. And it's something that needs to be uh, very much debated throughout what is a just an hour of what should have been one of many debates across the state that should have started already. Yes? Uh, Congressman, the facility behind you has been dealing with a workplace absentee problem. At times over the last few years, there have been up to a third of the jail staff not coming to work. Even in the first six months of this year, we've seen about 18% of the jail workforce on an average day not coming into work. 
would a Zeldin administration allow an agency in the state to have double-digit absentee rates? Uh, I think that what the state needs to do is start giving them all of the resources while you're handing out iPads like candy yeah. into solitary confinement yeah. to the inmates. You need to be taking care of these corrections officers. If you have their back, you wouldn't have the impact on morale. If they didn't have to be worried about their own physical safety, if they believed that elected officials actually had their back, if you weren't passing new laws to go even further, to make their job even harder, like the HALT Act, like some of the laws we see right here in the city. Listen, the reality is that the assault is not just coming from other inmates. The assault is coming from elected officials, and it starts at the top. And the assault stops on January 1st. And the, and, the, and, the reality, and the reality is the whole act trying to end punitive segregation, there are no viable consequences for inmate actions anymore. And that has led to an onslaught of officers being assaulted through the roof. And that's the reason why my members are out sick on the men recovering from these injuries. You've, you've emboldened the inmates because there are no consequences for crime in our city and there are no consequences on Rikers Island as well. So on top of answering the question, the fact is that these people need elected officials to have their backs. This hypothetical of what's going to happen in January, we're answering for you. But of the laws that will change. Next Simple question. question. Next yeah. question. Again, there won't. In another state agency, Next one question. you control. Yeah. Next question. Okay. No other state agency is dealing with the assaults that our members are dealing with. No other city agency has been treated the way we've been treated. Nobody's getting assault. That's if I if I punch any one of you in your face and break your orbital, you're not coming to work the next day. That's our reality every single day. Yeah. And, and on top of it, and listen, we all have our professions, okay? And there are people in you know in different professions we have our, our job and we're focused on their job. And I'm not gonna single anyone out, and I'll include myself in the group. But everyone who is here today, who does not work at Rikers Island, who does not work as a corrections officer, despite whatever you have on your mind, or maybe you remember the media and whatever questions you have to ask, if you're trying to figure out one simple message that each of us should say in our heart, in our gut, on our mind, and coming out of our mouth, is turning to these men and women, and saying thank you for your service. Yes.